Before we get started with anatomy today, I want to tell you about our sponsor for today's show. It's called Blue Apron. Blue Apron is the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. Right, Jeff Grant? Absolutely. I'm a Blue Apron user myself. Oh, yeah? What's, uh, how's it been for you? It's been very good. I had these um, like lemongrass chicken burgers a couple days ago. And yeah, it really is. The thing I love about Blue Apron is not only is it good value and easy, but it really is delicious. That's right. So you uh, you pick out uh, sort of the types of meals you like, and they send ingredients right to your home. They send you instructions on how to do it. And by the way, uh, usually when you get most instructions, they're like, uh, what the heck is this? This is very simple to make. Yes. Um, you know, uh, obviously, Passengers is about all about relationships. It's a great way to nurture a relationship, yeah. to, to cook with your loved one. How much better would Jennifer Lawrence and Chris Pratt have done in this movie had they have had a Blue Apron subscription to get some food made? That's right. And uh, guess what? All this food is local. They have partnerships with 150 local farms, so um, everything's fresh. Nothing, uh, you know, that's a big sort of buzzword, but, um, you know, for, for them it's very true. Um, and you know what? See, by the way, see, here's a stat. Cooking builds uh, uh, families. Research shows that Blue Apron families cook nearly three times more often, and it builds family bonds oh. um, because of Blue Apron. Uh, a couple of recipes coming up that are featured. Spicy shrimp and Korean rice cakes with cabbage. Um, pork chops and garlic uh, with scallion rice and spinach, mushroom and chipotle pepper, enchiladas with lime sour cream. Uh, I haven't eaten yet today, and that all sounds so good. <laughs> you should get, you should get uh, Blue Apron. It's affordable. It's less than $10 per person, um, and uh, there's tons of variety. It's flexible. It's easy, and the freshness is guaranteed, as I said, um, you know, local farms. So guess what? Uh, you know, Get your first three meals for free. Um, with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash anatomy. That's Sounds the good. offer we're offering to you guys. Uh, you'll love it. Again, that's blueapron.com slash anatomy. Uh, they are a sponsor for today's show. Thank you, Blue Apron. Let's have a great 2017. Hope you guys enjoy and enjoy this anatomy of a movie. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's Anatomy of a Movie. Ladies and gentlemen, first movie, first anatomy of 2017, and it's Passengers. Yes, I'm flattered to be here. Thanks for including me, Phil. We have Jeff Graham. Hello, everyone. Uh, Jeff Graham here. Uh, Great to be back. I appreciate when you guys let me kind of hop in on these anatomies. You guys can find me on Twitter at Jeffrey C. Graham and Instagram at Jeffrey Crane Graham. And someone who also jumps in from time to time, Carolyn, welcome back. Hello. I've lost my voice. So, I'm um, sorry about that. It's just going to have to... It was that, or I was just like, I'm not letting it be an all-boys club today. <laughs> so I'm going to... You'll just have to be patient with me losing Have you been doing a lot of travelling? Not as much as Jennifer Lawrence and Chris Pratt, but... <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I literally woke up this morning and went, oh, that's gone. Yeah. Right. It just went. Well, we'll try to get it's your thoughts out space. early. I'll just write them down and you can read them. There you go. Sounds good. Um, what, what did you guys think overall? Of this movie, I know critically it has not gotten the, uh, <laughs> it has not gotten a lot of love. Let's just say, but um, I know Jeff, you liked it. Yeah, I can see there are problems with this film, but I still loved it. I um, like I could say it was probably one of my top ten of the year. Maybe just sheerly for cinematography and set design was incredible. And it's hard not to be charmed by Jennifer Lawrence and Chris Pratt for me. Um, and I really thought that a lot of things didn't necessarily work. I'm not sure we had to introduce Lawrence Fishburne's character at all. 
Um, and I thought the film worked best when it was kind of this ethereal love story between the two protagonists. But even when the movie kind of went off the rails, I was still having a blast. So for kind of a messy movie, I loved it. Um, Top ten, wow. Yeah, I know. that's a lot, right? Yeah. But it's early January. Yeah. I, I said, could you, I'm going to write down what my thoughts are. Yeah. <laughs> um, because I need you to Uh-oh. help me. If you could just read. So on Caroline's sheet, we have an S-U-C-K-N-S, which spells sucks in a box. So it seems like the two of us might not agree. <laughs> on our reaction to this film, I knew I, sh- I knew I should come in today. It's good. That's I'm glad I'm Descent is good on these. To panels. be the voice of reason. <laughs> uh oh. Why this film sucks? Why? 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 I mean, because pl- of the plot overall. Yeah, I mean, you just can't get past the fact that the plot is creepy. Like creepy. Like, it's creepy. It's a creepy plot. Um, and even the addition of Chris Pratt's naked bottom and the awesome Michael Sheen. Um, and, and yes, lovely chemistry between J. Lauren and Chris Pratt were just not enough to redeem the fact that I was literally like, okay, he tried to kill you. <laughs> there was something kind of Stockholm about it, a little Stockholm Syndrome kind of thing. And yeah, just, I know what you mean that like, it was a little uncomfortable how yeah. the romance developed. Yeah, I think if it starts with major cyber stalking and then you just like <laughs> non consensual and then and then just be like, You die and I'm not going to tell you. The thing is though, I thought the movie handled that well. For what could have been had it have not been directed in the way it was, I agree. But I think it, it was emotionally sensitively handled for me. I think I I'll actually call, fall somewhere in the middle. I I, um, I thought it was a good movie, you know, and I actually, you know, the, the the trailer didn't prepare me for the fact that Chris Pratt was going to pull this off. Yeah, um, which was kind of surprising, but you know, it's one of those it's one of those things that kind of in hindsight. Um, and it would have been funny, like, th- this would have derailed the movie, but where Chris Pratt could have just looked at her and been like, see, if I hadn't woken you up, we would have never saved the ship, right? Right? right. Am I right? Yeah. So, it's what, you know, they, they um, you kind of have to be a passenger and go on the journey mm-hmm. to really understand the, the narrative. Um, no, and that's why, because I was thinking about, um, you know, you said, Jeff, that you didn't like the the insertion of Gus. I actually did, because I was like... Okay, unless I'm going to watch a porn right now, <laughs> I can't, like, how lovey-dovey can they get right yeah. now? I'm done. I, I can't handle any more of that. And then, you know, we were, you know, as you're kind of thinking about this moral dilemma, also you got Gus, but then but then we got to save the entire ship. Mm-hmm. And so it kind of takes your thought away from that, and by the end you're left with, well, it's kind of a good thing he did this, ultimately. Yeah, it's... It definitely became a bigger movie than it was with the introduction of these huge stakes in the third act. I think for me, I thought the movie worked best when it was kind of this ethically questionable, weird love story on a ship. And I kind of was bummed for like the Hollywoodization of the end of it when we met Lawrence Fishburne's character and then all of a sudden... Yeah, because even building the stakes of the ship imploding, we kept seeing cuts you know, of the control room malfunctioning and... Constantly, that kind of took me out of what I felt like the strengths of the movie were. But I I was still on the edge of my seat, so I'll give it that. Okay. Right. Well, what about... Okay, so what would you say? Were there any strengths? Or if not, then what were the biggest weaknesses? Well, like, well, like Chris Pratt's bottom for me. Massive, <laughs> massive highlight of the nice. movie. I think, I think that should be like glossed over as being just like... Me just being a bit dodge. It's a good like, thing you showed up because I don't not think we would have talked about Chris no, Pratt's I think I, I would have really talked about Jennifer Lawrence and how there should have been more. Right. So, like, you know, <laughs> I think that two or three minutes 
this show should be dedicated to the fact that we get to see Chris Pratt's naked bottom. There you and go. thank you, Chris Pratt. We are, I was grateful, these two, less so. But, you know, they can't all be winners. Um, I felt that the movie was very paint by numbers. And, and mm-hmm. so where you're saying, like, yeah, it went through and it, it did this and it did that. Like, I thought all of that stuff was paint by numbers, which still takes me back to that. You know, you said, did they handle that plot point well? I almost felt like whoever made that film did it like we're like oh we need to find a reason to wake her up and kind of just wrote it into the script Mm. as if it wasn't a big deal and then that's ended up being like the thing that's hung over the film for everybody does that make sense yeah that like they were probably like oh i suppose we ought to have a reason she can't just hers can't just fail as well and you know what i mean like they had to come up with something and i don't think they thought through like how creepy um, yeah how pivotally creepy it would be to like watch her be like oh Okay. Well, okay, so... And then they try and redeem it, and you're like, I don't know if there's a point of redemption for, for that. Okay, so l- l- let's let's take it somewhat out of just the context of the movie. But, you know, in, in a core nugget, do you, you know, I think what they were trying to go for was this idea that isn't it better to fall in love with somebody because you know them than versus just their beauty? And whether or not they succeeded, it sounds like for you they didn't. At least he tried to get to know her. He fell in love with her writing, her voice, um, her ideas, rather than just like, oh, here's this hot girl. Which, by the way... That would be like somebody watching this and deciding that they're in love with you because they've heard your voice on this and they've done this, like, and then watching everything you what's, do. What says they do but And you having no... no like, it's so one-sided. You having, like, no consent with that. Like, it not being a two-way thing. Like, you don't fall in love with someone. It's a two-way... It's an interactive. Well, she process. fell in love with him later. I it's that's what I liked about it though is it was very provocative for like a PG thirteen movie. There are all these tough questions that are just inherent in the premise, and it might be admittedly a bit gendered. Like I wonder how the reaction of women versus men seeing this film was because I'd imagine maybe women were a bit more skeeved out than men were. Um, but because I th- men are just creepy and they're cool. With well, that. no, this is not. That's <laughs> not what I mean. I'm okay, I'm to be fair, her name is her name is given after uh, a Sleeping Beauty, which right. is the world's creepiest story yeah. if you actually think about it. Oh, and okay. every girl that I know is like, "Oh my god, this is the most amazing movie! That's I love true. this movie." No, Sleeping Beauty is very creepy. Um, it would have been. I kind of was thinking, how interesting would this movie have been if she woke him up? I think it would have been a much more maybe gender dynamic, complex approach to these issues of kind of consent if she had woken up and you know saw him and kind of fall in love with his ideas yeah um but i I thought it was hard to empathize with Mm -hmm. like that decision because i kind of like a movie where you think well what would i do in that circumstance like what would i what would i do right and like obviously it's a movie so they need someone for him to talk to and I like fair play to Chris Pratt he carries that movie it was so late for what 45 minutes yeah and, he's, and it's out. fine it's like it's engaging like that he does he, that's an engaging performance like you say the cinematography is lovely like it's nice to watch for that 45 minutes and then you're like Oh. Well, I know she's going to wake up because I know that you haven't paid Jennifer Lawrence an awful lot of money to just sleep through the whole movie. Yeah. So I know that this is happening. Yeah. Um, and, and like I just found it hard to fully put myself in the position of him and empathise and be like, OK, that's a real moral dilemma. What would I have done? Right. Because I literally was like, oh. oh. Well, can, can, can we agree wrong. that like, um, like that's why isolation is a, a punishment is because it is... Yeah, it is that 
devastating. Torturous. Right, so then why would you punish, why would you love someone but want to punish them with the same thing? Well, you're not punishing you them with the same her, thing because now you got a friend. It's not but isolation. Like, if you love her, as Woody would, would say, you got a friend in me. You would want her to have a better life, not to be like, huh, well, punishment, isolation is punishment. This is for you. Here's the thing, though. To his credit, he does fall in love with her so much that he is willing to die for her. You know what I mean? So, I, well, I agree that the initial move was so unquestion, like so unquestionably creepy. He gets to a point where he says, I do love you this much to leave, you know, to sacrifice himself. So I feel like he kind of comes around. Yeah, I think they're just trying to solve that. Like, yeah, make up to, for they, that. They're like, well, he can't get away with it. We need to, <laughs> we need to redeem him. Yeah. Like, he has to, he has to show that, really. Uh, yeah. But for me, it was, it made it okay. Not, not the decision, but it redeemed the narrative for me, if that makes sense. I mean, they've got one hell of a story to tell, like, when someone says, how did you meet? Yeah. It's true. Yeah. Well, also, you know, I, I thought, I do think one of the good things kind of about it, well, there, there was, and again, I wish in some sense some of it was a little bit more fleshed out, but her idea of kind of like, it doesn't matter what your circumstances are, take advantage of them because I forget how they word it, but you're missing out on what's there. Mm-hmm. Right. And yes, yeah. this might not be the best um, circumstance, but, you know, they had a lot of fun. They had the, the, the world was their oyster. And then eventually they. As we can see at the end, when everyone wakes up, they built this ship in their image. That's true. I, I engage with that idea that it's the journey, not the destination. That's, That's right. It was yeah. like Adam and Eve on a ship. Yeah. You know, and th- they also made this guard. a creepy story, but that's not good. <laughs> <laughs> well, in some sense, okay, at, jokingly, I thought, like, are we going to see, like, 40 kids running around after, like, you know, they just had sex for 90 years? And... That's true. There's not much else to do, is there? Yeah, I guess I mean, there's eventually. Dance Dance Revolution and swimming, but... But, like, yeah. eventually, you know, you wouldn't think, like, they would appropriate it in some sense? Well, maybe they didn't, we just didn't see it. Because in the last sequence, there were thousands, everyone had woken up already, so... They're, they might have had kids, we just didn't necessarily... It I know was, what you're saying, but... I mean, I, I just think it would have been, like, if a very... Like, they should have... If, if they did have kids, it should have been very on the nose, like, here's the kids. Yeah. yeah. Well... Maybe that's the seat. Maybe passengers, too... Yeah, the It'll kids come like home. The, the children of the ship, and uh, they just arrive, and yeah. yeah. Um, what did you guys think? Of, you know, so aside from Jim's, Jim's uh, moral dilemma, like their own ideologies, right? He was very much hope, and she was kind of, in some sense, I don't want to say despair, but she was just kept searching. At the very least, had an existential crisis. She didn't know what she wanted. Um, and did you guys? What did you guys think about that dichotomy of worldview? I thought it worked. I mean, like, with with a two-character movie, there's not many of these. There are some. But you've really got to create um, foils. And I think... I think... I can't picture this movie working with actors who aren't as talented as Chris Pratt and Jennifer Lawrence. Um, well, initially, just kind of going off a side tangent. So, I mean, this, this was written in 2007. Um, Keanu Reeves and Emily Blunt, back in the day, were supposed to be the people. Huh. huh. I don't just, love uh, Keanu secretly. I think he's. But do you think he would have added personality? I mean, he's a, he, he. To me, he's not as bad an actor as people make him out to be. But I don't think he could have carried this movie in that way. You need someone goofily charming because the premise is so question like weird. Like yeah. I think anyone else besides Chris Pratt, it would have been maybe hard to get on board with how ethically questionable his decision was. Well, yeah. Chris Pratt is just like kind of like a man's man, and when he's pl- tinkering with um, you know all these like motor pieces and whatever, I buy into it. 
I don't know if I could buy Keanu Reeves like just yeah. tinkering with things and 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 um. Yeah, I mean, Chris Pratt has that. He's very charming and has that nice humor. And I don't know if I've mentioned it, but he has ever such a nice bottom. <laughs> I just wanted to mention it again. Nice. Um, the handyman thing. I had actually written this down before you said that, right? I promise. On my, on my, I've now written things other than yes. sucks. It's mostly says sucks, but it there's... mostly says sucks. But like, um, so how long have they been asleep again? Thirty how, years, how? right? Yeah, thirty years. Right. So in thirty years, technology changes a lot. And yet his handyman skills are still, even though he has not performed any or updated his skills or learned anything, like he's he's got like these handyman skills where he's like 30 years in the future and they're just totally still useful. You're like, but surely like... The but ship the ship was is designed, 30 years old. Yeah, the ship was designed oh, when he went to sleep. So if he knew the technology then, because no one's awake yeah. to update it, right? I just felt yeah. like I was a bit like, I just feel like... That well, was quite an old-fashioned, and then they're like, he's going to be a real bloke's bloke, and he's going to be, like, <laughs> handy, and she's going to be, like, a writer and just having a crisis. And you're like, oh, God, that's quite two-dimensional. Well, I mean, they also, I mean, in terms of handiwork, they did have classes, so we didn't see him, like, going through the, the class, but um, that was what he was going to be taught for four months before mm-hmm. he went to uh, Homestead, too. Yeah, but I hear they were kind of archetypal. But that's actually what I kind of liked was this movie had almost like a classic fairy tale thing about it. It was a modernized Sleeping Beauty. So like fairy tales are defined by two-dimensional characters and I think the movie kind of did a good job of giving us like a futuristic space opera with really classic themes. I don't know. Is it a modern Sleeping Beauty? I quite like that. Yeah, and her name was Aurora. So it's that's like good. Yeah. yeah. Plus, it's uh, it's very uh, star based, right? Space based. Like yeah. Stars today. It's very well, there good. you go. Thematic. In honor. Yeah. It's really all I'm bringing. What'd you say? I've lost my voice. I've only got sucks to say. So I'm really like, I don't know. It is my starry <laughs> top out. So really, to... all I've brought to the party. You guys carry on. <laughs> What's well, you know, uh, just as a side tangent too. It's interesting that Jennifer Lawrence got paid more than Chris Pratt, even though Chris Pratt is in the movie more. Yeah. Um. So, Jayla holding it down. Good for Big her. Star. She is. And um, Michael Sheen, awesome. He was he great. Was so let's let's like, th- let's he talk about him. He was my positive him. from the film. There you go. Arthur. Um, it, in what ways did you did you love Arthur? I just thought I that his performance was superb and like it was just a lovely, charming character. And Michael Sheen's performance in that was just very considered, very subtle, and you're like, huh. Mm-hmm. I remember Chris Pratt doing an interview where he said, oh, he, he sort of went to Michael Sheen, hey, this director, he really likes to do a lot of takes. And Michael Sheen came in and did, like, one take. And Chris <laughs> Pratt was like, oh, turns out Michael Sheen can just act. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Actually, that's what happened. Yeah, he really can. He's really good. Um, and, and that's what made that's what made uh, Jim's decision so good because, you know, he's trying to get advice from something that's not going to give him advice. And he was like, oh, that sounds nice. Oh, mm-hmm. that doesn't sound like he just yeah. wh- whatever. However, Jim phrased it would be just kind of the response, and so j- change the change the question, get a yeah. different response. Yeah, you know, it wasn't considered in any means of like, no, that's actually a bad idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of like whether you could have like an emotional response. I was um, listening to a report yesterday that said they're gonna they're bringing out cars. This is true that have like emotional responses wow. and can kind of read your emotional response, and that's kind of what that's character's trying to do like in in there isn't it is like he's trying to have an emotional response but you know like 
the thing is that if you have a personality, like everybody's emotional response is different. So you're right, like, can you have this pre-programmed? Because that's definitely happening. This mm-hmm. is happening within our lifetime. Right. That's something that is mock emotional, like, mm-hmm. you know, is, is there. And you're like, ultimately, it's not re- it's not real and you're like yeah they give you the response you want to hear have i gone off on one no it's a good point to bring up because i think it's it's really thematic with what the movie was addressing which is like what is humanity even if you have a pool unlimited luxury resources if there's not someone to share it with yeah you are you're tortured and you know michael sheen's character arthur is a perfect example of even the most mastered refined technology can't replicate the experience of being with someone else you are so much more eloquent than I am. No, no, no. Like, I just went, blah, 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 and then you're like, so well, but that owes... And I'm like, oh, that's what I'm trying to say, thanks. But it owes his performance. I really think his performance was, like, really this balance between, is he a robot, is he a person? And it was really, the subtle choices made it work, I think. Yeah. What do you think, Phil? Uh, yeah, no, I, I love this character, and that's why, you know, um, he was searching for someone. Arthur just couldn't fill that for him. You know, not even, and you could argue in some sense, well, he was looking also for a love. Well, no, he, you know, he, he just needed a friend regardless. Even if it was a guy, you know, um, if Arthur could have filled that, then, you know, he would have never made that decision, but Arthur clearly couldn't. Um, and in some ways, too, like the plot wise, it reminded me a lot of Titanic hmm. in the regard, you know, there's the good, good half, and then there's everything that happens on the second part, right? Um, if you had VHS tapes, that was literally the split. Yeah. It was the good half and the bad half. Because <laughs> uh, it's such a long movie. In this, you get that. Um, and also, too, just the whole idea in Titanic, everyone's like, oh, this ship can't sink. And, it, it, you know, everyone's response to Jim was, no, nah, a pod can't break. Yeah. Yeah. And he was like, okay, yes, I get that, but it did. So now what? That's very astute, Phil. I didn't think of yeah. that, but you're right. Yeah, because I made more comparisons with, like, Castaway. And like those same ways mm-hmm. of like having a Wilson to talk to and the kind of way wow, they'd worked that. You guys are really smart. Both of those are great. Thank you. <laughs> I thought of Star Trek because they were in space and they're also in space in Star Trek. So. Wow. I would have said lost in space because they oh, were yeah. sort of lost in space. What about gravity? A little bit. Mm. Yeah. Where he goes floating out. I was like, there's a bit of gravity. It's like they've taken a few inspirations. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I am, I am surprised at the number of set pieces too. Mm-hmm. I thought, you know... Uh, Obviously, it's not the initial budget when when Keanu and uh, Emily Blunt were going to do it was going to be about thirty five million. They've raised this to a hundred and ten million um, budget, uh, and I, I think it ended up working well. Like it felt like you were on the ship all the time. It was gorgeous. I like. I was so taken aback by those spacewalk scenes where they yeah. would get on their tether and go out. And I've sometimes I watch space movies and I think. There are moments that don't look quite right, or CGI hasn't caught up with the ambitions of this film, but there wasn't a moment when I wasn't pretty, like, breathtaking by what I saw. I'm yeah. Well, it's I feel like easy. that could have been in 3D and been, like, really beautiful. It was showing in 3D. In I didn't head. see it. You didn't see it? No? Yeah. yeah. Uh, not my, no, not my, maybe I missed that. It yeah. depends, you know, I mean, with the, you know, one of the easiest ways to make CGI look good is you have everything just dark, mm-hmm. right? And so space is obviously naturally black, pretty much. And so, you know, um, that made it, I'm sure, a lot easier to pull off. Yeah. You sound like you know a bit about CGI, right? So yeah, tell me. Phil edits. 
Oh, the thing, I don't do CGI. The thing but. with the the bit with the scene with the water where she's like the net, the gravity goes wow. and they got the water. I thought that was spectacular. That and was like amazing. I've never really seen anything like that in a movie. How'd that work, Ben? <laughs> um, you know what? I mean, this is kind of the problem with anatomy is that um, they come at like we see these movies, but then I wish in some sense we we rev- we did them after all the special scenes come came out on DVD because I can't one hundred percent tell you. I'm sure. it's it's a uh, there's some practical as well as um, CGI. Yeah, I actually yeah. Amazing know a little bit about this. I heard an interview. They had to put Jennifer Lawrence in a pool, and yeah. they actually tied her down underwater and like had her simulate. Yeah, with the cables. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then they put her in a computer generated, um, like water. So yeah, they extended like a out beyond yeah. it. So she really went. They asked her to do a lot for She's that like scene. Panicking. Yeah. So they would, like, bring her underwater for 20 seconds, then release her chains, and she'd go. Wow. And she did it, to her credit. So, it's a committed actress. Yeah. Well, I mean, how much was she paid? I'd probably do it for that. <laughs> That's a good point. 20 million plus back end. Yeah. Woo! I'd toast it. For 20 million, I'd get in a tank of water for 20 seconds. <laughs> I would, too. <laughs> See? Would you, if you were Chris Pratt, would you show your butt for 15 million? I would show my butt for 1 million. In <laughs> fact, probably less. Yeah. Um, no, but, you know, I mean, that that was absolutely breathtaking. I do agree. Um, they they use their moments well. And, you know, towards the end, also with um, the fusion and the reactor, that was, that was amazing, too. Um, you know, visually, I can't say enough about this movie. Mm. Just like Jeff. I mean, from the cinematography and the production design and... Um, Everything else, even just the ship, how it was like designed, was really like special. a sycamore tree, yeah, with the leaves falling down, yeah, yeah and um, just the idea of having a shield that like blocks the meat. Like they thought of stuff. I feel like it's important in sci-fi movies, and I'm admittedly not a huge sci-fi geek, um, but it's important to think of all that stuff of like the what ifs because if you're going to put this thing in space, you've got to consider all those things. And I thought for the most part. I bought in. I don't know. I found some of the, the those things like a bit clumsy, where they just gone. Oh, I suppose we should have like a meteor there. Like, like they were just like, yeah, we'll just do that, and we'll yeah. just put in the clumsy line saying that that's a thing. I know. Yeah, it might have felt a little engineered. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, I think I think it was when we talked about Arrival. Dimitri was kind of discussing the difference between sci-fi and science fiction. Mm. And sci-fi is kind of just um, popcorn, you know, like a movie that you just go and watch, like Independence Day one. Don't watch Independence Day two. It's garbage. But, you know, where it's, it's, it's good, it's based on, like, science, but, like, it, it's just meant as an action backdrop. Whereas something like Arrival, or, you know, you can argue this, it's meant to be, you know, it takes the science, but it's really about the human condition. Hmm. Um, I wish Dimitri was here. He really makes good points, doesn't he? Yeah, he's bright. Uh, well, we'll have him oh, next week for Dimitri. sure. Dimitri. We'll have him for yeah, sure. I wonder if, I have a feeling he would not have liked this movie. What do you think, Phil? Uh, he's, you know what, it's surprising what Dimitri sometimes can like and sometimes, yeah, I so I don't want to, you know, we'll ask him. Yeah. Uh, but that's, yeah, you're right, like, that it, that there is, this is about the narrative and mm-hmm. it is about that and, and it happens to have that backdrop to create that narrative. I mean, similar movies that I can think of that, um, you know, Sunshine, I think that's an older movie, um, it's got a lot more characters but kind of similar predicament, um, Moon. Mm, Moon's uh, a good uh, I can think of so um, there's definitely you know I, I I guess in some sense I mean I thought I brought new elements to that sort of convention but perhaps not enough like Arrival just completely I, I think unfortunately it might be in the shadow of Arrival for some people yeah. 
because Arrival was just so different in terms of sci-fi and what it did. Have you seen that? Yeah, I pulled my I don't really like your face about Arrival. I liked it. The thing I liked about Arrival was what you're saying was that it was a philosophical movie disguised as a sci-fi movie. Um, That's actually what kind of bummed me out about this movie a little bit was I felt like it was this kind of provocative character movie set in space. And then all of a sudden the ship's going to blow up and they have to fix the reactor. And I was like, oh, this is becoming so Hollywood. But I feel like I'm being hypocritical because I kind of also liked that too like I was on the edge of my seat while I simultaneously resented the choice <laughs> yeah like yeah. I, you know what I mean like I almost You're like wish, I resent that you've done this but you've but done like, it in a I'm, good way right but, yeah. but if you look at like the beat right what the beat you know I mean imagine right so it's bad enough that this guy got her out only to basically kill her but at the very least she could enjoy her moments with him right yeah and now they've got to save the ship and while that's good if once if, if he were to die She's literally now going to go through what he went through for the rest of her life. I would have loved that ending. Did anyone think that was going to happen? That would have been the most... That's... Okay, it got like, what, 13% on Rotten Tomatoes? That would have gotten a 1% on Rotten Tomatoes. Unless the idea was like clinging on to the darkness that you were talking about. Of like, what if he had died... And then all of a sudden she was faced with the same predicament of do I wake someone up? And then oh, the last yeah. scene is her waking someone up. Or if she Or if he'd have died but she'd have she didn't know she's pregnant, and then you could have had like your same scenario. Titanic. Yeah, maybe yeah. we should have written this movie, you guys. Come on. I just yeah. Um Which I think in Titanic the the girl from from I, I thought that was because Leo and her made love, but apparently I'm told that's not the case. Well, how else do you get pregnant? What? And she found some other guy. Oh, so I thought you were saying it was an immaculate conception, and I was like, it's from holding hands and from toilet seats. I read that. Hot tubs. (laughs) Hot tubs. Uh, Well, okay. So this is from the director, uh, which, by the way, this is his uh, fourth movie. Uh, The last one he did was Imitation Game, which so in comparison to that, obviously this is a little bit lesser because Imitation Game is so fantastic. But um, in terms of the dilemma he wrote, I think most of us faced with the same choice would have done the same thing, making a movie that leaves people room to argue about what they would have done or could have forgiven makes for fascinating storytelling. Um, apparently not. <laughs> not for Caroline. Well, I mean, I I would certainly find it easier to forgive Chris Pratt than other people. <laughs> so I'd be like, oh, I don't forgive you. And then, like, he'd, you know, show me his butt. And I'd be like... I can find it in my heart to, <laughs> to, to forgive you for this. Yeah. I'm well, feeling that, that actually the two-dimensional thing is me here. <laughs> I'm like complaining about them being 2D and I'm literally like, I don't know. Chris Pratt could show me his ass and I'd be fine. Well, let's let's um, let's um talk about the flip Sorry. decision, right? So at yeah. the end, he, he he discovers that he can figure out a way to, um, to hibernate her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in some sense, I was wondering if like, you know, they don't quite explain this, so my mind went into, well, can't they just switch off for a week? Someone else said that, and I didn't think of that, and I was like, whoa, good catch. Like, you mm. know, like, one week, she's asleep, um, then he wakes her up, then he goes to sleep for a week, and then one week they're together, you know? Yeah. And, and then you just kind of rotate until... Yeah, that'd somehow. be, like, the perfect relationship as well, wouldn't it? Yeah, you know, because you Just as you're starting time. to get fed up with them, you know, just sleep for a week. <laughs> I'm going to take a nap. <laughs> you're like, just take a week-long nap, and then I'll probably miss you. Oh, that'd be the subtle hint, like, hey, uh, are you tired? Are you tired? <laughs> Want to take a nap? <laughs> it's 
sleepy time. <laughs> um, I didn't think of that. I would. They should have probably tried to explain that away in the script. Of unfortunately, once you're in, it's a twenty year commitment or something yeah. like that. Because when someone mentioned that to me, I was like, oh man, that is that is the answer. But um, but we're got, okay. So you know, let's just go with let's just let's just say that for some reason you could just put one person to sleep and that was it. You can right. wake them up, whatever. Um, well, in terms of her decision, what did you guys think of it? Were you guys anticipating it, I guess, at the very least? I thought it was nice. Again, I kind of wish... To me, the parts of this movie that worked best were, like, the weird provocative moments. Um, That's what made the movie special, so I kind of wish... It felt predictable that they would, like, live happily ever after Gaga, you know? Yeah, and also I feel that, like, they did it in that kind of... We're going to take you up to that point, and then we're going to reveal that that was what their choice was, but didn't have the emotional scene where that was made. And I was like... I think they're both strong enough actors to have for, to have seen that scene. Like mm-hmm. I'd like to have seen that conversation, where, and yeah. I'd like to have seen the moment where they made that choice. Yeah, I and I I appreciate that with a big budget movie, you do want to have a happy ending. But I would have been interested to see if she was like, you know, I want to live my life on this planet, and I wrote this thing that I want people to see. And I don't know. I think it could have been handled in a way that was a little more emotionally interesting. But mm. but it was nice. It was nice. Well, it came away with a warm, fuzzy feeling. Yeah, exactly. That's I think what so you, I, I think it was a metaphor um, because her dad traveled a lot, right, and mm-hmm. wrote about his experiences. You know, what she realized was that um, when you're kind of going through it, there's no necessarily game plan. Like she was too game plan oriented, and she couldn't be that way. This, you know, this was kind of thrown at her. Um, and I do think some of the stuff that she wrote in the middle of the movie was kind of really cool to hear. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so. I mean, at the end of the day, let me you guys ask you this. What, what were the possible outcomes? Um, just in general, you know, forget the hibernation pod, but, like, they both die before they get to the planet. Um, he finds a way to hibernate them. Okay. Or, uh, I don't know. Well, I, I don't see a third option necessarily, you know? And so I kind of like that they at least added somewhat of a twist by having to save the reactor, and then he's given this choice. Or yeah. she's given this choice. It worked. It definitely... I think it was a tight story. I think, like... For the challenges of trying to write a compelling feature-length narrative with two people, I thought, like, they did a good job introducing enough complications to keep keep me guessing, which I liked. Yeah, I mean, you know, you're, you're engaging with very little, like, very few actors on, on screen, mm-hmm. like, you know, that real tight cast like that, and, and it definitely did engage in that way, and they definitely right. loved it, for sure. All right. Um, mm-hmm. One of the... Um, you know, again, and usually we talk a lot more production and things like that, but um, kind of where I'll overall leave it, unless you guys want to get into it. Thomas Newman composed the score, which I thought was a great score. Um, and interestingly enough, uh, the writer, he uh, he had listened to previous scores as inspiration while writing it. Hmm. So, um, you know, I don't know if that 100% like came about like that, where he was just like, hey, hey, we got we to gotta get Thomas Newman to, hmm. to, to, to do this thing, right? We're going to get Thomas Newman. Um, but it ended up working out, so yeah, that, that's uh, that's, that's got to be a dream come true. The score is so important for a sci-fi movie. I think yeah. when if you think of the most iconic soundtracks, you think of like um, Thus Spoke's Arthur stuff from uh, 2001. Mm-hmm. You know that, bah, 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 bah. and now Interstellar, Interstellar, yeah. and yeah, I just feel like space movie soundtracks are really important. The score, yeah, because they're you know they really help set the mood. So I think the score was great. Yeah, it was beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Um, all right, so let's talk about, uh, unfortunately, reception of this thing. 
So, uh, as I mentioned, it costs 110 million. So far, worldwide, it has made 122 Oof. million. So, I mean, they have promoted this film like crazy. You know, they they were literally going all around the globe. She was in, you know, Asia and then promoting it here and promoting it. Like, they gave this film, they put so much into promoting this film. And then when you saw the interviews with them, they were like, well, because they're both so charming and brilliant. They can go on like a million chat shows and they are great. Like, they look beautiful, so they're going to get in every magazine, like, and you get the film out there. And then they, when they were doing the interviews, they kept saying, well, we don't want to tell you too much about the movie and give it away. And there was a little bit of me that was like, oh, do you think that it sucks? Yeah. <laughs> That's interesting. There wasn't as much of an impassioned sense of, like, we're so proud of this movie, mm. as you've seen with other movies kind of thing. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I would love to know how they ultimately feel about it, but um, I don't know. I imagine they're sitting at home on a very large wad of money going, I don't really care. <laughs> <laughs> Just bathing in dollars. Well, think about it this way. It does, at the end of the day, it does show off their acting chops. Yeah. Um, you know, so you can't, so... It's it, a big role. I mean, for Chris Pratt, I thought it was such a sort of pivotal moment. When you see what he's gone through as an actor in the last, mm-hmm. you know, in, in his, his transformation and his evolution as, you know, into being a leading man from being like a kind of goofy. scruffy, goofy guy. Yeah. Um, who's the other guy that's done that? Um, the one that's married to Thingy Bob. Anyway, um, his name will come to me in a minute. Um, but J-Law, sometimes I feel like she makes odd choices on the movies that mm. she does. And then mm. because she's in them, like everyone thinks they're great, but I like. For instance, I didn't like Joy. Yeah, and I didn't think Joy was a great movie. Joy but everyone was a like, lot better. But people will go and watch Jennifer Lawrence, and I think with this film, like you're like maybe it's not that good, but people will go and watch Jennifer Lawrence. What's interesting though is the box office wouldn't suggest that. I'm I'm surprised this movie. I would think that this would be a resilient movie in terms of critical reaction, just because of Chris Pratt and Jennifer Lawrence. And I feel like the critics panning this movie has affected. Because Phil, you would know better than I would, but this is not a great. Th- no, no yeah. this is this is this is horrible. This is not what they. I mean, um, I don't. You know, I think I, I don't know. Maybe give this an R on. rating and have them f- have sex. Right. Show us like, more. Like you know. Right. Like I can literally see a porn spoof of passengers. Yeah. yeah. It kind of oh felt. Goodness. It did kind of feel like at moments like, oh, this is what's going to happen next. Like. Bow, chicken, bow. Um, I mean, it was inevitable. Uh, and she was, uh, you know, Jennifer Lawrence says this is her first time having sex on screen. It's not. Really? I'm sorry you forgotten, Jen. Oh, Selma? Or what was that movie called? Not Selma. No. Uh, like Crazy? I was thinking of the one with Bradley Cooper where there. It was a direct-to-DVD. Um, silver what? Linings. That was not I love direct, Silver Linings. That was not direct-to-DVD. No, yeah, I'm not the, thinking of Silver the, Linings. Um, There's a movie with Bradley Linings. Cooper and Jennifer Lawrence that, like, secretly went direct-to-DVD. I mean, they've done, they've done, like, three, haven't they? Yeah. Um, American Hustle. This was not a very publicized... It's, like, an Appalachian Mountain romance, but... Um, uh, either way, they had sex in that film. Well, I don't... What are you thinking of that was another... I'm not... I'm, I know, like, crazy... Oh, okay. she had uh, Alt, uh, what, what, uh, um, Star Trek guy. Why can't I think of his name? Al- Alton Yelchin. Oh, yeah. Ant- oh, Anton. Anton Yelchin. R.I.P. Yes. Uh, but so anyway, interesting. Um, beside the point, uh, the fact of the matter is, I don't know. Could maybe an R rating? They could have explored deeper things into this. I don't know if you know. You wanted it, a bit more hot screen action. I, maybe a little bit more dark. Like if you're. 
initial premise is that, okay, I'm going to, you know, wake her up and essentially kill her. That's a dark theme. Go darker with it in general, yeah. which lends itself to an R rating. Yeah, it definitely was quite um, sanitized. Their yeah. relationship was quite sanitized. And yeah. I was like, like, even their arguments were, like, very clear, like, this is a good point, because it might be the issue of you're trying to create a PG-13 movie for everyone, but grounding it on this kind of non-consensual decision messes with that. It doesn't feel like a movie for everyone because people are so creeped out. But then the problem is, if you try to make it an R-rated movie, it's not for everyone anymore. So the movie maybe didn't know what it was, and that maybe that's mm. the reason it's not finding an audience. And also, too, I mean, I don't know if, I don't know if, if this would have helped it, but Nowhere in the trailer did it indicate that this, you know, you just thought that they both woke up and, right. and you yeah. wonder why. And um, it's it's one of those things that if... I also feel like, what would the problem have been with that being the reason? That, why couldn't her pod have just woken up? Because really the theme of the movie is that it's about the journey, not about the destination. Like it doesn't, it, like, and I know the director's saying, oh, what could you have forgiven this? And the other, but like, why did it have to be that? Well, because she said, I actually thought her line, and I, and I don't have it 100%, so I'm going to paraphrase, but, you know, um, you know, there's certain things in life that we don't get a choice about. Well, you know, he didn't get a choice about him wanting to wake up, and even though he had the choice of waking her up or not, she act, she didn't have a choice. Of, yeah, and so I it's, feel like one of the things that you should get a choice about is who you have sex with. Yeah. Well, so she could have creepy. chosen not to have sex with him. Like she could have been like, but she didn't know who you're he was. gross. Well, like that. I see. So for me, if they'd have just both woken up in that initial power surge, and they kind of hadn't liked each other, but then found their way to that relationship, like changing, maybe. That's kind of what I liked, though, is it was kind of, like, provocative. Like, I think the question of, like, oh, this is a little uncomfortable made the movie interesting for me. And when she found out, she was justifiably furious. And that that was interesting to me, how she wouldn't... Like, I'm really glad I would not have liked the movie if she was like, oh, it's okay. Because they're also, like, very different people. Mm -hmm. You know, like, he's like a handyman, and I'm good with my hands. And she's, like, you know, communicator and thoughtful. Like, so they're very different to, like... They're, be I just, a match. The movie would have been different. They would not Tinder match. Yeah, they wouldn't Tinder match. The movie would have been different if they had just They would have up. if they were on the ship and that was the only person. <laughs> Fine, it's always the same person. The same. <laughs> um, but Wait, I, you didn't swipe me? What? To, I think to me it would have felt too conventional if it was just these two star-crossed lovers. Whereas when there's this really weird motivation the whole relationship is tinged with something kind of dark which i yeah i don't know i don't know if like if there just could have been a different choice like on that like because i'm not sure what it would added or that it would just been slightly or if he had needed her for some other reason yeah that's true if it had been like well she's the only person like rather than making her a writer like she's got the set of skills Mm -hmm. that are needed to open the door to this or like that there was just some set of there was some reason that was less than just to than self gratification and like point. selfish okay. that you could have said I could okay buy into that. like she's an engineer with specialism in this kind of I, thing and sleep therapy I don't know yeah. in like fixing pods I don't know like in a thing yeah. just something where you were like yeah but I need your specific skill set it's not just me sitting looking at you sleeping and then being like I think I'd like to do you. I'd like to do you. I'm gonna wake you up and do you. Like that's a, that's creepy. Yeah. Fair like enough. why couldn't she have been more useful? Well, 
Writers are like, useful. Right, women are useful, it turns out. We've also got skills. I know, big news flash. He uh, wanted companionship, though. I don't think it was just romance. Right, but then... Wake a guy up. Right. But then you can get the benefit. The deepest love is between a man and a woman. Well, I, of course, you're unless you're... Right, I don't want to limit... But a romantic love includes friendship, it includes companionship, and it includes intimacy. Sure. Which I think but, is like, fun. those shouldn't be the reasons that you wait like you commit somebody to a unpleasant life. Which to, you can be was, like, I love you, so I want you to be in hell with me. Yeah, that's what and, I liked about the movie was it was so controversial. There was an element of controversy. Whereas, like, if it had been like, I think there's something wrong with the ship, and she's an intelligent uh, you know, I agree. female I know what who saying. happens to be attractive and we might fall in love, right. but she would bring to the party that she has this specialist skin. That would have been funny. There's like, there's like an old, you know, not, not to like little anyone but like an old lady who's a little bit more skilled mm-hmm. and then like a hot young girl who's like just starting off her career in like pod fixing and he's like yeah I could go with the one that knows really how to creepy. fix a pod or I could go with the hot one yeah. who might know how to fully fix a pod yeah. it's really creepy <laughs> All right. and also a bit bit upsetting as an old woman <laughs> well it's I'm at like 90 yeah. okay not like 29 like me, right? Not no. like 29 like no. me. No. I thought you were like 22, so. <laughs> Always really liked him. No, I meant the full dichotomy. <laughs> that's why I have a page of him in my kitchen. Yes. Um, <laughs> that's not creepy true at all. story. <laughs> Am I being passenger right now? <laughs> oh, you find it creepy now. I know, yeah. All right. Uh, so overall, 30% on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, that's generous. That's nice. Well, they cite passengers proves Chris Pratt and Jennifer Lawrence work well together and that their chemistry isn't enough to overcome a fatally flawed story. Uh, B, on audience, uh, as an audience score, so... I they, really, uh, I feel like I wrote that Rotten Tomatoes. Like, that is exactly what I think of the movie, yeah. is that I like their chemistry, but I have so many problems with their right. premise. Yeah. Well, let us know what you guys think, and, you know, I'm sure if if... This is an indicator most of you guys didn't like it. But uh, if you do, uh, don't be afraid to speak out and, and curious as to what you thought. And regardless of whether or not you liked it, um, if you saw it and you're obviously listening to us, at which point, if you, if you haven't seen it and you're still listening to us, uh, good for you. <laughs> now uh, you don't have to worry about seeing it. <laughs> but let us know, you know, what, what, you know, are you okay with the moral choices presented in the movie? Um, what would you have done? You know, that's that's kind of ultimately what I like about sci-fi is that it presents the question and then lets you kind of explore it on your own. And there's something very dark even in about the choice that you would leave your entire life. Speaking of somebody who has left her entire life in another country and moved countries yeah. and how homesick that makes me from time to time. And then sometimes I'm like, yes, I'm so glad I'm not. But at least you can go back. It's not going to take you 90 right. years. So, like, that's a really dark choice to just be like I don't have anybody in my life that would keep me where I am Yeah, there was enough interesting ideas for me in this movie even if some of them really got messy the ideas kept me I kind of applauded that not only did this movie get made but that they put so much money into it Yeah, maybe it was a mistake I just feel like they maybe backed off from really exploring that with the characters Yeah, I there's a lot of ways this movie could have gone and it might have worked better if it had gone in different ways well there you have it um so thank you guys for joining us on yet another anatomy of movie we'll be reviewing fences and i believe hidden figures um soon and then uh tons of stuff in 2017 to look forward to 
Uh, so can't wait to get that started. Uh, even though, uh, you know, this might not have been everyone's favorite movie, uh, it did kick off our 2017 Anatomy of a Movie. So, um, But, you know what? Fear not, because we also have an archive for what was you guys did a movie last week. Or you did a movie last Nocturnal week. Nocturnal Animals. Nocturnal Animals. Mm. There you go. Yeah. How um, was that? Did you like it? It's really interesting, yeah. Good. So there you go. You can check that out as well as, uh, you know, I'm sure with the Golden Globes and Oscars, there's tons of buzz about all these movies. So check out our uh, anatomies of them if you haven't already. Um, in the meantime, where can people also interact with you? Phil, great job leading today. Thanks for bringing me on. Um, if you're listening and you haven't seen this movie, even though she wouldn't, I would recommend you go see it in theaters because it's a beautiful movie. You guys can find me on Twitter at Jeffrey C. Graham and Instagram at Jeffrey Crangram. I do some other stuff here at the network, so check that out. Um, and thank you. Thank you. And I'm at Caroline Faraday. I'm F-E-R, not like the car. Hmm. Uh, and Caroline underscore Faraday on Instagram. You spoke a lot for a person who doesn't have a voice. So kudos. This is yes. why I lose it. Yes. <laughs> this kudos. is why my voice goes. All right, um, and we're at the Popcorn Talk, popcorntalk.com, and of course, tons of great content here, um, so definitely check it out, and if you like sci-fi, um, you know, less, uh, Zach Wilson has been busy, but, uh, you know, he was our engineer and also shows up from time to time. He does a show called Sci-Fi Weekly, so definitely check that Windy show. Pops. It'll be Windy Pops. Yes. Oh. That's a BFG reference, right? Yeah. There you go. Another <laughs> Anatomy of a Movie we've done. Uh, so we'll see you guys next time on another Anatomy of a Movie. Bye. From producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the rest of the Anatomy of a Movie staff, we would like to thank you for listening and subscribing to the show. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to email or tweet us. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been Anatomy of a Movie.